Welcome to the Park Road Podcast for November 5th, 2017. Today's podcast is a sermon given by Russ Dean, co-pastor with Amy Jackstein at Park Road Baptist Church. His sermon today is entitled, When It's All Over. In one seminary class, a particular professor of pastoral care always asked his students to write their own obituary. Envision your own death. Put a date to that event. Put pen to paper, imagining what will be said about you. Write as you think someone else might write, or as you hope they will write. It was a challenging exercise, and students hesitated every year. The professor said that every year some students would refuse to put a date on that assignment, as if some superstitious power accompanied that naming, as if pulling a random date out of the air set the invisible dark forces of the universe into motion, sentencing you to some premature fate with that final enemy. They just couldn't bring themselves to putting a date to their own death. Unfortunate, isn't it? That students studying to become ministers whose responsibilities would include helping people to deal with death and dying would themselves be so uncomfortable thinking about their own mortality. But what about you? When are you going to die? And what are they going to say about you when it's all over? It is a bit unsettling. I mean, everyone on the planet knows our common destiny. But very few of us can honestly contemplate the moment and the aftermath as if thinking about it might hasten its inevitability. And God forbid that we made plans for dying. About once a year in our pastor's column in the newsletter, Amy or I will write something about death or dying, and we will invite you, we will ask you to invite us to send you a funeral planning form. Whether you're 35 or 85, it doesn't matter, we say. Let us send you our form. Give it some thought. Write it all down. We'll put it in our file. Hopefully we won't need to open that filing cabinet for you for decades, but it'll be there when the time comes. Very few people ever take us up on our offer. Maybe once every year or so, somebody will say, send us that funeral form, and maybe we'll get it back. Even though it's one of the very best gifts you can give your family, For you to have planned so that as they are grieving, especially, especially if it comes unexpectedly, so they won't have to do much thinking in the midst of their grief. But even though it's a great gift, very few people seem to be that generous. Now that's a pastor's concern. Maybe it doesn't really matter. You know, there's some people that think that when you die, you're just dead. When it's all over, it's just all over. 
Charles Frazier, who won the National Book Award for Fiction with his novel Cold Mountain, imagines just that through the mind of his book's protagonist, W.P. Inman. Wounded as a Confederate soldier, Inman escapes out a hospital window in Virginia and deserts his unit. The novel tracks his disquieting voyage to his North Carolina home where he hopes to find a minister's daughter named Ada waiting for him. Inman endures many hardships and dangers along the way. At one point in the story, he comes alongside a gang of prisoners. These are deserters like him, but these deserters who have been captured by a ruthless bounty hunter. They were bound together like a string of gasping fish. They were being abused throughout their march back to the closest Confederate stronghold where the bounty hunter would be handsomely paid and they would probably be hanged for treason. Watching, carefully hidden in the woods, Inman reflects on their sadly worthless lives and on the depressing thought that they are bound for a fate which will not only erase their breath, but also their names and their faces and the memories of whatever good, great or small, they might have ever done, gone forever. You could carve their names in an old oak plank, he reasons, and even before the wind and the time wear away those letters, those lives will be completely erased expunged from the earth's record, obliterated from anyone's memory, removed from all history, nothing left. You live, you die. You die, you're dead. When it's all over, it's just all over. Well, that's a depressing thought on All Saints Sunday. But you need not succumb to that kind of nihilism. Drawing that conclusion is not at all logically necessary. If only from the point of view of natural law, you're never just dead. Mass can neither be created nor destroyed, although it may be rearranged in space, or the entities associated with, with it may be changed in form. The law of conservation of mass is an observation of physical properties, a scientific theory about this world which the Apostle Paul anticipated in his bold affirmation of resurrection faith. I will tell you a mystery, Paul said to the ancient church at Corinth 2,000 years ago, we will not all die but we will all be changed. And we need not spend our time wondering, worrying about the afterlife. I believe we can trust that to God. That exercise, wondering about the afterlife, I think holds little promise for us. It is enough to affirm that our life on this earth, our work for the good, our joys and sorrows, the experience of beauty and truth and love are real and meaningful today. And it is enough to believe that when it's all over, who we were and what we did 
is never forgotten. It's still not over. It's enough to trust that the work God gives us to do with our one precious life is meaningful and purposeful today and for the long age of the passing world. Moses stood on Mount Nebo and could only glimpse a land of promise. Because in the grand picture that God is weaving with us, a new leader was to step forward and carry our ancestors down that mountain and across the water. Moses' work was good and it was necessary. And it was continued in Joshua. The text seems intent to make Joshua equal to Moses. There's that wonderful story of Moses parting the Red Sea. And in this story, Joshua parts the Jordan River. Moses' work was necessary. Joshua's work continues that. And we are called to carry on. Maybe the benefits of an All Saints Day is that it calls us to stop and reflect on their lives, on our lives, and on how and in whom lives are all held together. The farmer Wendell Berry is a caustic critic of a culture that has removed us from our roots from our connectedness to the goodness of ground and grain and God. For decades, he has spent his Sunday mornings walking his land, learning from it, writing the poetry which the land whispers in his ear. This Sunday morning, he speaks to us. The sky, bright after summer-ending rain, I sat against an oak, half up the climb. The sun was low. The woods was hushed in shadow. Now the long shimmer of the cricket's song had stopped. I looked up to the westward ridge and saw the ripe October light again, shining through leaves still green, yet turning gold. Those glowing leaves made of the light a place that time and leaf would leave. The wind came cool, and then I knew that I was present in the long age of the passing world, in which I once was not, now am, and will not be. And in that time, beneath the changing tree, I rested in a keeping not my own. For all the saints who have gone before us and for their works and their loves, for their legacies that we now hold in our hands. Thanks be to God. May God give us rest this day that we might carry on. May it be so. We invite you to learn more about Park Road at parkroadbaptist.org. Park Road is a progressive faith community located in Charlotte, North Carolina, encouraging independent thought, community service, social justice, and interfaith understanding. 
Today's podcast was produced with production help from Hugh Ashcraft, Brian Smith, Bruce White, and Rich Dower. Our theme music was composed by Brandon Michael Williams. Thanks for listening today. Grace and peace to you.